the Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad podcast. So grab your tickets. Your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Welcome to episode 56 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you with us to Grand Teton National Park. Grand Teton National Park is probably one of the most scenic, majestic, and serene spots that I have ever visited, and I cannot wait to eventually go back. I absolutely loved it. This was actually a trip that we took to not only Grand Teton, but Yellowstone National Park. But since there's so much to do in both of the parks, we're splitting up the episodes into a two-part series. But the parks touch each other. So if you're at one, you're going to want to do the other. And yeah, we have a lot to talk about, a lot of love to give to each park. So Grand Tetons. Yeah, and Grand Teton National Park is in the northwest corner of the state of Wyoming, just south of Yellowstone National Park. So like Kim said, both of them truly touch. Grand Teton is south of Yellowstone. And while Grand Teton is famous for its scenic mountain view, and its tallest peak actually being 13,776 feet. It's also home to some amazing wildlife. You're going to encounter some grizzly bears, black bears, moose, elk, beavers, and Zaina, this is for you, even mountain lions. Ooh. I love me some cougars. I love mountain lions. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And bears too. (laughs) There you go. So I enjoyed this trip from Instagram text messages and one accidental FaceTime call to Brittany and Kim. (laughs) So in other words, I did not go on this trip. It was for personal and business reasons. So just like you, I'm super stoked to hear all about this trip. All right, guys. To start off, we have some tips, 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 tips. The tip counts. Always tips first. (laughs) Nobody knows tips like us. Yes. So. We did not bring any binoculars on this trip, and man, do we wish we had. We saw so many people with binoculars seeing bears, wolves, all sorts of wildlife, and I definitely would recommend bringing binoculars on the trip. Yeah, I mean, we encountered some wildlife up close and personal, but no doubt there's certain areas for wildlife viewing where they're not super close to the road. So you'll just see people parked out there with their binoculars. I don't want to call them telescopes, but they're like single binocular telescope type things. And you definitely do want that to see them from a distance because Grand Teton is one of America's national parks. It's pretty much almost like being on an African safari. So you do really want those binoculars to see the wildlife in the area. Another tip that I have for you guys is, of course, to download the offline maps. You're going to go through some remote areas as you're driving or trekking through the parks. So make sure to download the offline maps prior to that so you guys don't get lost. 80% of the time in the park, I didn't have phone service. Neither did I. the offline maps clutch. Interestingly enough, I felt like on some of the trails I did have, it was like spotty. It was like in and out, in and out. So... 
you do want it just in worst case scenario so you can never really rely on it so the offline maps is good and another thing to keep in mind is obviously be mindful of the time you're going and look at weather conditions we went in may and some of the trails and portions of the trails were closed because there is still snow so we were at the late end of may close to june you'd think it would be warm the weather was pleasant enough but there's definitely still snow on the ground and one of the hikes that we did and we'll talk about later on there was some snow then it cleared up so you may need some crampons depending on what it is that you want to do in the park so definitely just research that and be weather mindful last tip that we have is to be prepared to rent bear spray and know how to use it I fully look forward to hearing how to use it. Well, when we rent it, we'll go over it a little bit more. But let me tell you this. Obviously, I know there's tons of like bears in that area, specifically grizzlies. I think it's like one of the few places in the contiguous 48 that there's actually still grizzlies. Otherwise, they're up in like Canada and Alaska. And on the national park websites, they have some videos. And I prepped myself by watching those videos. And obviously, when we rented it, we got the rundown too. So definitely know how to use it. I know that we have a lot of listeners outside of the United States. So could you just real quickly describe where Wyoming is in the United States? It's in the northwest of the United States, not on the coast like Washington, Oregon. It's the states over. So it's just south of Montana, which touches Canada. It's in, I don't want to say the exact middle, but it's like Midwest of the United States. We were actually having a great debate about, is it the West Coast? Is it the Midwest? Like and The Great Plains. The Great even, Plains, Even though yeah. there's mountains. I mean, in Grand Teton, it's famous for the mountains, but there's a big valley that's right there too, just all flat. So don't really know the official term, but I will say uh, West Coast of the United States, non-touching the Pacific. So we started off this trip on a Friday. We flew into Salt Lake City. And the reason that we flew into Salt Lake City was because flight prices were much more affordable than flying directly into like Jackson Hole. So Jackson Hole is the biggest and closest city to Grand Teton National Park. Interesting fact, the airport in Jackson is the only airport that is in a national park itself. But to fly into it is incredibly expensive. I mean, we were talking about how much was it, Brittany? I was seeing prices in like the five, six, seven hundreds, depending on when you wanted to go. So super expensive. Whereas if we just flew San Diego to Salt Lake City and from Salt Lake City, it's a four and a half hour drive. It was like an $89 ticket. So, and you know, we're going to go with the cheaper option. Oh, yeah. Option. I'll, I'll, I'll take the drive, <laughs> no doubt, for four hours and versus paying $600. That's crazy. I'll take the sleep in the back of the drive. Hey, hey. (laughs) So on Friday night, we just flew into Salt Lake City and we just stayed the night near the airport, got our rental car and just rested for the rest of the night before Saturday, where we started on our drive to Grand Teton National Park. So one thing I want to do mention is the drive on the maps, it says it's about five hours with stops. It took about six hours to get there. But when you look at the maps, it's going to have several different routes. And you kind of want to look to see what route you're going to, because the way that it said was the shortest route, it literally looked like we were going to go through no major cities. And we were concerned about, are we going to be able to get food? Are we going to be able to get gas? So just make sure that you look to see where you're going through before you commit to a route. 
And on top of that, what if I need to go to the bathroom, right? So there was a route that it tried to take us that was 15 minutes shorter, but it was through the middle of nowhere. So we took the 15 minute longer route, which took us through Idaho Falls, but it kept us mainly on Interstate 15 before we had to go on to one of the US highways that cut over. But you do have more access to food, gas, restrooms so definitely weigh those pros and cons we opted to say 15 minutes is worth it just to have those conveniences if we needed it so once we made it to jackson hole our first stop was to teton a backcountry store to rent bear spray because we knew that we were immediately going to the park to hike and so the bear spray is an essential. You can Google statistics of how many people die in Grand Teton and Yellowstone because of bear attacks. And quite honestly, within the last you know 50 years, maybe like nine, 10 people have actually died from bear attacks. But so many people actually encounter bears and we went in May, which is when they're coming right out of hibernation. Mamas have cubs. That's when they're the most defensive if you come across them or scare them. So you really do want that bear spray. Absolutely. Not only are you coming right when they're coming out of hibernation, you're kind of coming when the world has been coming out of hibernation <laughs> because we've been shut down mm -hmm. because of COVID. And so for me, you know, like obviously I've been seeing a lot of stuff online about how because the humans aren't going out into the world, the animals are kind of taking back their landscape, right? Or take nature back. So I'm really interested to hear about this because animals have already been used to going out into that area since we have not. And that's another thing I was keeping in mind, too. A very good point. I was also thinking, one, this is their territory. They come close to trails. But beyond that, this year, they've gotten used to the fact that, hey, why is nobody really here? So you do want to take that extra precaution and have the bear spray. So the bear spray, I don't know if any of you guys like knew this or if, if I was just having a blonde moment, but bear spray is pepper spray, essentially. And it's it's in a larger container and it's more potent, but it's it's pepper spray. It's pepper spray and like Kim said, more potent, but what makes it specifically like bear spray, you don't want to take pepper spray. That shit's going to do nothing on the bear. <laughs> this bear spray is designed to come out of the can like a fog. It shoots up to 30 feet as a giant fog. So if it starts- You're going to get hit with it. Yeah. Too. So if it starts <laughs> charging you, that's why it's officially bear spray is because it creates a giant fog. It shoots up to 30 feet. But if you push the can to just empty it, you have about five, six seconds before it's completely done. So you have like a really limited window. But again, that's because of how fast and the way it comes out as a giant fog. So does it work on them like pepper spray would work on us? Like it gets mm -hmm. in their eyes? Absolutely, yeah. You're supposed to point it down because they charge on all fours. And the, the nice gentleman at the bear spray store let us know lots of fun stories about bear attacks and, and how bear spray saved these people. Another thing to keep in mind, and the bear spray salespeople will give you all this information too, but you want to keep it on your hip so it's easy to grab. When we were on the trails, I saw people have it in their backpack pocket. Yeah, that's it's like, stupid. that's not going to help you. What are you thinking? And I saw so many 
many people without bear spray. And I thought to myself, yes. who are these freaking idiots? You like, need honestly. one can per person because if Brittany's over there getting mauled and she's the only one with bear spray, it's not going to help her. But one story the guy did tell us was that some guy had his bear spray on his belt, like you should, right on your hip. And a bear ran at him from the side and he didn't have time to grab it. But the bear bit the bear spray instead of his hip and got scared and ran away. Yeah, it punctured the can and the, the bear spray <laughs> blew up in the bear's face that way. So it almost saved his life. And I know Zaina was going to jump in with something here. But before you say it, Zaina, I just want to say one, as we were going to Grand Teton, we read a story very recently of a mountain biker in Montana who had just got mauled by a grizzly. And as we were leaving Yellowstone, which again, we're going to have a separate episode on Yellowstone. But again, this was all on the same trip right outside of West Yellowstone, where we were staying. Someone was hiking in a state park got attacked by a grizzly bear. So it happens. He did not die. He did not die. And he did have the bear spray on him, but he didn't have enough time to pull it out. So that's how fast these bears are. So having it in your backpack is not the smart (laughs) thing to do because you can't access it. If if a bear sees you and is going to attack you, you're not going to really know that it's attacking you. So you need to have it at your hip. So at the store that we rented it from, there were options to have like a clip or have a belt or you know, there were several different clip-ons that they offered and that we were able to try out before we rented. And to buy bear spray, it's like 40 to $60 per canister to buy. And if you can't take it on the airplane, so you can't travel with it, but to rent, it's like $8 per day for the first two days. And then the price drops after that, if you're going to rent it for more days than that. Okay. And so Kim said one per person. So like each one of you guys rented one? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then you said that it gets on you too if you spray it? Well, I mean, if you're standing downwind and it's blowing your way and you spray it, obviously it's designed to create that fog, but there's definitely going to be some potentially coming back at you. None of us sprayed it to experience it, but the person who rented it to us informed us that, yeah, I mean, if you spray this and you're standing in the wrong wind direction, obviously a little bit's going to come back on you, but wouldn't you rather be pepper sprayed than mauled by a bear? And I can affirmatively say yes to that (laughs) (laughs) and he gave you a little uh tutorial of how to use it yeah i mean he made sure all of us were comfortable with it on our hip because he gave us you know the belts clips themselves and is like just practice you know pulling it out the safety's on it you know when you pull it from your hip you're going to want to remove the safety at the same time and like i said if you go to the national park website specifically grand teton or even yellowstone for that matter they have a like a 30 second 45 second tutorial video that pretty much shows you the same thing. But that's what I really liked about Teton Backcountry is they had an empty can that they allowed you to practice with so you get comfortable with it. They also made it very convenient that if you were going to drop it off after hours, they had a drop box for the bear spray that you could just drop in after your rental period was over. So that made it really convenient as well because we were going to leave one day early before their shop had opened. So we do like to go cheap, but it sounds like this is something that you should not go cheap on. Correct. This is an essential. This (laughs) is an essential. Something else that was essential on this trip was the deli that was right next to Backcountry. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kim, because I was going to say this is a tip that we did not mention. One, with COVID restrictions, a lot of food services that are in national parks aren't even open. But beyond that, I mean, if you're on the trails hiking through long hikes, you're going to want food in there. So when we were at Teton Backcountry, we got recommended an awesome deli that's right next door. And we got deli sandwiches or specifically wraps every day to take into the park to have lunch while we were hiking. 
Mm-hmm. It's called Creekside Market, and they have more than just deli sandwiches and wraps, but the wraps were bomb. They have breakfast, burritos, and sandwiches. They have a Caesar salad that looked dynamite, and I'm sad I didn't get to eat it. They also had, this is my favorite thing about the creek, next to the wraps, these adult slushies, like, to go. They came out of, like, Slurpee machines, pretty much. Although with COVID restrictions, you couldn't use them yourself. They were pre-filling them and putting them in a fridge. But under normal circumstances, these adult slushies come out like a Slurpee. Pina coladas. Seriously. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys drink after hiking on the trail. Of course we did. You're fully alert with that bear spray. (laughs) We saw that in the morning and we're like, we're coming back for this. And Jamal was like the Zana on this trip because, you know, Zana gets really scared of mountain lions and bears when we're hiking. And Jamal was that person on this trip. And he was like, Brittany, we're not going to bring food in our backpacks. You're going to go hungry on this trail. We're going to eat when we're back in the car. And I asked the guy at the... (laughs) at the Teton backcountry shop, I was like, hey, is it cool if we bring food on the trails? And he goes, yeah, it's safe to do so. You know, Jamal, I'm 100% with you because I'm going to tell you, I think it was it was outside of Mexico City. I'm trying to think of the mountain that Nicole and I climbed and I had food in my backpack and we were attacked by, I don't- Like badgers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because I was like, they're called tejones in um, in Spanish. But yeah, they were badgers. And I even had a badger jump on my back. And 20 <laughs> came at me. And like, it, and like, no joke, 20 badgers were encircling me. Oh and I was crying so hard. And I'm just like, I don't want to be here. And one of the girls said, leave us alone. And of course, they didn't go away. And she's like, leave us alone. And they didn't go away. And she said, in Jesus's name, leave us alone. And I swear to you, they all dispersed. Well, it's like when we were in Africa and there was the monkeys, they come at the food in your backpacks. But you know what? Brittany's being a little bit more overdramatic than what was really displayed. But I I support you, Jamal. Thank you, Zaina. But let me just, in my defense here, one, you read up on bears. They have an amazing sense of smell. That's usually why they will come close to humans if you don't have a surprise encounter with them is because they smell it and they always search for food. Two, I was the only male on this trip. I was with Brittany. I was with Kim. And in your place, Zaina, we had our friend Charlotte come with us, which I don't know if we touched upon earlier. So I am saying it now. So I thought to myself, as a man, it's my obligation. If one of these ladies get attacked by a bear, I need to step in front. I need to put in the bear spray, do my manly duties. So yeah, I was the one in danger if there's food in there. So I was slightly concerned about the food i wasn't (laughs) slightly slightly concerned slightly concerned jamal you are such a gentleman yeah i mean like even in lake tahoe they have what is it locks on trash cans because bears sense of smell i mean like they have them at the gas station trash cans bear uh safety ones and everywhere in the national park so they're there they smell the food they know what's up so i was slightly concerned just want (laughs) to in my defense put that out and we didn't actually encounter any bears on the trail while we were hiking but we talked to other hikers that did the same hikes we did who did run into bears just the day before. Yes. On the same trail that we were going to do the day after. So So edge of my seat, guys. Did you guys see any bears? We did, but like Kim said, not on the trail. We're going to get there. You're jumping the gun, Zane. Okay, sorry. So (laughs) after we got our deli sandwich, we went straight to the trailhead, and the trail that we picked was the Taggart Lake and Bradley Lake Loop, which is about a six-mile loop. 
And there are several different ways that you can go on this loop. You can go counterclockwise, clockwise. You can go in the way that is recommended on the All Trails website is to hit Taggart Lake first, then Bradley Lake. But we decided to do Bradley Lake first. And I actually recommend this way because I felt like Bradley Lake wasn't, although it was beautiful and scenic, it wasn't as scenic as Taggart Lake. So I'm glad that we went, had lunch there first. And then when we got our first views of Taggart Lake, it was from like the backside. And so there was a lot less people. We had the area to ourselves. And I think we just got better views from that area where a lot of people are just going to like the front of Taggart Lake and then turning back around. And so people are more congregated towards the front. So when we first started to see the back of the lake is where I decided to take my top off. Yes, you did. (laughs) Kim got wild. Nature inspired her to get a little crazy. I had a vision for a beautiful photo of, you know, topless, looking out to this beautiful scenic lake with the Tetons behind me, just free boobing it out there. (laughs) Show me your Tetons. And as I have my arms up to the sky, sitting on a rock, I look over and see a man also gazing (laughs) out to the lake. And I ran back so fast. (laughs) I've never known you to be so shy, Kim. I'm surprised. Well, I wasn't expecting this. A 60-year-old man just staring at my tits over there. But it's okay. (laughs) For the record, did did we say how Grand Teton got their names? We did not. That's a very good point. Real quick. I forget the French translation. Uh, I think you did a little bit of research when I told you I had read it, Zana. Do you remember what exactly it said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was uh, French travelers who were on the trail and they saw the Tetons, which are three big mountains, and they thought that they looked like breasts. And so they called it Le Trois Tetons, which is like the three tits. Or the three breasts. That's exactly why I had this, this urge come over me that must have been it even though they say that the tallest point reminds me of looking at the Matterhorn because it almost forms like a triangle uh, a little bit so yes there are two other peaks that are right by it that are high but the Grand Teton itself eclipses them by like at least 3,000 4,000 feet in height but they look like uh, as the French trappers thought back in the day look like three breasts all right so Kim you're really engaging in show me yours I'll show you mine oh yeah <laughs> And on this trail, like we said, we took this trip at the very end of May. There was still some snow on parts of the trail. So just keep that in mind. There was some slippery portions, but for the majority of the trail, there wasn't snow. And I would say there was a little bit uphill, but this one was, again, following the perimeter of a couple lakes. So yes, there was some up, there was some down, but it wasn't like a really steep, steep incline. So even though this is about six miles, I wouldn't say it's too strenuous. I would say it's a moderate hike. Yes, there is some up and down and you do go through some forest areas away from the lake but for the most part you're following the lake shore and so it's uh relatively flat our phone's step counter though logged us at more than six miles i think we were closer to eight miles at the end of this yeah might have been a little bit longer than six miles but well this isn't the first time we've come across (laughs) national park websites that say the trail is this long and then our trackers say it's longer so i don't know but nonetheless do keep that in mind but yeah it's a definitely good hike but i wouldn't say it's strenuous strenuous i also want to point out that between the two lakes while we were walking between the two lakes was our first glimpse of wildlife up close and personal what did we see guys moose 
we came across a giant moose and we were admiring it for a little bit and then it wasn't ready to charge but it definitely started looking at us and walking towards us and we're like oh we got to get away because even though people are afraid of the bears definitely you don't want to get charged by a moose i mean have you ever seen one of those things these things are massive i was just about to ask how does a moose charge i mean like when i think of a moose i think of just someone moving really not someone but like an animal moving really slowly i know just imagine a, a horse with horns twice the size of a horse like running at you i'd be pretty scared too but he wasn't running at us he was stepping towards us gave us an eye yeah i and think then, he was testing us he's like are they gonna back up if not i'm going at him yeah and then and we, we and then we kind of like turned away <laughs> backed up and then he started grazing a little bit again so you know even though these aren't like what you would assume as deadly animals don't mess around with them honestly would the bear spray work on him I wasn't about to use the bear spray, one, because I didn't feel threatened, and two, we didn't mention this, if you do use the bear spray that you rent, you have to buy the full canister, by the way. So I was being a little cheap in that sense. I was like, I'm not about to pay 60 bucks because I'm scared of a moose right now. So well, no, 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 I'm not <laughs> suggesting use it, but I mean like in the event that the, the would have. It probably would, but I wouldn't have used the bear spray on the moose. Yeah. Hey, travelers, we're going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters with amazing brand sponsorship opportunities. Some of those are host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and so much more. We've used it to earn cash to fund our travel adventures and bring you new premium episodes every Travel Tuesday. Best of all, there's no middleman. Podcorn allows all podcasters to choose their own sponsors and rates that fit them. They allow podcasters to keep their rights to their own content. Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you, as a podcaster, are protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. Podcorn's mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when podcasters make money. Click the link in our show notes to sign up and claim sponsorship opportunities now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so after the hike, we got our first glimpses of the lakes, the Grand Tetons, and some wildlife. We went to a place called Antelope Flats Road, also known as Mormon Row. And I actually had read that the road to this place may not even be open at the time that we went, and it was contingent on if the snow melted or not. But what is Mormon Row famous for, Jamal? Well, apparently before it was a national park, this was a settlement area. As we do know, Utah is a highly religious state. A lot of Mormons live there. So obviously Wyoming, 
north of Utah, there are Mormon settlements up there. So in the 1800s, there was a Mormon settlement that they created in the valley of Grand Teton. So you can find an old school, old homes, old barn, outhouse, etc. So those buildings are super old and it's in the valley area. But when you're there, I mean, it does have historical value in the terms of like it's one of the first settlements in the area. But it's just an amazing dynamic to see. You're just seeing the beautiful landscape and the mountains and like I said, I mean, if you know what the Matterhorn looks like, I feel like the Grand Teton looks like the Matterhorn. And then it's such an amazing dynamic because you have the mountains and they just jut up out of nowhere because then you're in the valley. So you get this really scenic historical view of these old buildings, old settlements, and then just have the background behind you of the Grand Tetons. And it's so beautiful out there. And it's actually where you get an iconic shot with the barn in front and then the Grand Tetons jetting up behind it and sometimes even ice and graze in front of the area. So it's just a really scenic place to be. It's so iconic that one of our hotels actually had a photo of that very spot of the barn with the Grand Teton in the back. And that wasn't even a Grand Teton. That was in West Yellowstone, Montana. So different national park, but it's so iconic that that's one of the stock photos that they put up in the hotels. So after exploring the national park for a little bit, we were starting to feel a little hungry. So we decided to go back into Jackson and head over to Snake River Brewing Company to get some beers and a bite to eat. Yeah, I really like Snake River Brewing. It was a fun little spot to go. It was really nice because, again, this trip was coming out of, you know, COVID regulations. So this was the first actual trip that we took. So it was nice and different to finally eat out in a restaurant have a drink. I really enjoyed it. The beers are actually really good for a small Wyoming town and brewery. But what I really, really liked is they had buffalo cauliflower bites. So instead Ooh. of buffalo wings, buffalo cauliflower. My favorite food. They were super delicious. All the food there was actually really good. I will oh, yeah. say this, though, about the buffalo bites is the cauliflower that they use. They don't really cut it up real small. It's actually gigantic. So do keep that in mind. Like Brittany and I thought like, OK, this will be enough for us to get with something else. And it's just listed as an appetizer. No, they're huge. Like that could be literally a meal. They also have really cute like outdoor seating there. We didn't get to sit outside because of how busy it was, but the outdoor seating looked really cute. Yeah, it was really cute. And I also want to mention that we walked over from our hotel. Jackson is a really walkable, cute, quaint town. So cute. And I was really glad to be able to walk from our hotel to the brewery and back, not have to drive a car and just kind of like explore the town a little bit as well. It's a nice rugged town. All the buildings are made out of wood. It just really fits the entire landscape in which you're in. And I really enjoyed Jackson as a town a lot. Were people wearing masks and like even in the restaurant? The workers in the restaurant were wearing masks, but the people out on the streets, no, were not. And even people who were shopping in shops weren't necessarily wearing masks. Not to say that there wasn't a couple, but in Wyoming, their regulations were, yes, we are wearing masks. People, patrons, not necessarily so much. It was kind of really up in the air. So after Snake River Brewing Company, we went back to our hotel. We stayed in Jackson and we actually stayed at a really nice hotel called The Lexington at Jackson Hole. And on Sunday, we woke up bright and early to go do a trail that Kim was dying to do. So excited for it. And it was called Cascade Canyon Trail. Well, before we get into this, I just want to say we did stop back at the deli. 
Oh, yes. yes Don't we, forget about the deli. Well, you can't forget about the deli because, again, that goes back to one of the tips we were talking about. You need food for in the park. We're doing a long hike. So along the way, you want that food. We stopped at the deli first, picked up the wraps because they're easier to hold in your backpack than a sandwich itself. So definitely do keep that in mind. Bring your food into the park. All right. So I heard a rumor from you guys that you thought these wraps were better than the wrap that I had in Kauai. That teriyaki wrap that I had that I wouldn't stop talking about. You, if you guys go back to the Kauai episode. You liked that wrap so much you got it once. We liked these wraps so much we got it three, three times. times. In all fairness, though, we only stopped at that restaurant once because we didn't go in that per- parameter again. We did. But you were talking about that wrap nonstop yes. because you loved it. And let me say something to you. We were talking about this on the trip how many times would Xana say, I love this rap? Because even ourselves, like each one of us at least three times were like, how fucking bomb are these raps? We're like, Zana over here, like she would be orgasming over this thing, (laughs) over this rap over here. I also want to mention that one rap is enough for two people. Mm -hmm. So each day, Jamal and I would get a rap and split it. Kim and Charlotte would get a rap and split it. So it was just enough to hold you over, but not Turkey, bacon, avocado, bean sprouts, pepperoncinis, Italian dressing. Ooh. And I just want to throw out again, Creekside Market, definitely go there if you're getting... uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, 10 out of 10. If you're getting sandwiches and deli wraps, Creekside Market. (laughs) So back to the hike, we were going to hike the Cascade Canyon Trail, which starts at a very famous lake called Jenny Lake in Grand Tetons National Park. And this Cascade Canyon Trail is supposedly about 12 to 13 miles round trip. So obviously I was very excited about it. So Kim was super excited about it. Actually, in the past she would have been, but Kim has since hit 30. And Kim... Who's 30? (laughs) Kim at 30 is a completely different Kim, I just want to say. And we, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but since you're saying it now, the day before there was a way to make the hike a little bit longer. And Kim was like, no, let's take the shorter route. So that that's just a little bit for you of information of how Kim has changed since she's turned 30. But nonetheless, <laughs> she was excited for this one. And so you can actually do the Jenny Lake Trail and just go around the lake itself. It's roughly about six miles if you were to do I Jenny Lake. Say like seven to eight miles. Seven to eight miles. Okay. So in the past, you can take a boat that the National Park provides. You do have to pay a fee for it. And it takes you to the other side of the lake to make the hike a little bit shorter. But because of COVID regulations, they didn't have that open. So we had to hike from the east side of the lake to the west side of it and bypass that shorter boat trip to do the Cascade Canyon Trail. So we got halfway around Jenny Lake before we started to make the hike up. But what do we come across on the way up to the Cascade Canyon Trail? So on the way up, you go by a section called Hidden Falls, which is a spectacular waterfall just kind of tucked in the corner. And going up there is a whole bunch of snow as well. So it's like you go from going around the lake at like a flat level, then to a crazy ascend up to the falls, then with a whole bunch of snow as well. The falls were so pretty though. But when you're standing at the base of the falls, and again, it could change again by season, but oh my gosh, like normal weather for us was high 60s, low 70s. It was perfect for, at least for me, I was wearing shorts and like a regular shirt. Yeah, if you're standing in the sun, it'll definitely get a little bit hot. But when you were actually at the falls, there was still snow in that area. 
-hmm. it's not wide out in the open by the lake. And we were standing there and that was like, wow, I'm the coldest right Mm -hmm. here because I was getting all that cold mist from the waterfall, from the wind, just pushing on me. But it's so, so beautiful to see. And, you know, anytime you're in a national park and come across a waterfall or any waterfall in general, I mean, they're they're just really special. And this was a nice one. Yeah, we were able to see portions of the waterfall like hiking up. But at this point, you can see pretty much like the base and the top of the falls. So it was a really good view. And then from there, from Hidden Falls, we went on to hike to Inspiration Point, which is at an elevation of 7,200 feet. And it gives great panoramic views of the entire Jenny Lake. Very inspirational place. It is. It is. And, you know, you get up there and again, you're hiking pretty much along the lake. And then you're thinking to yourself all of a sudden, how am I really up this high? Like, even though I wouldn't say this one's a moderate, I mean, maybe it's a little bit more strenuous of a hike, but you get up there before you really realize it, I felt like. And it was it was interesting on the way down. I felt like, man, I don't even remember coming up this high. But when you were going up, I didn't really feel like that so much. But you do get an amazing, amazing view. But once you're at Inspiration Point, point this is where you continue on to the cascade canyon trail and what makes this trail really famous is obviously like it's a canyon high up in the tetons itself but this area is where you start getting into what they consider the back country so even though it's a designated trail bear country this is more rugged yes kim and this is where you come across the bears and you should be seeing bears in this area very very high potential for you to come across them For us, we didn't come across them in this area, but it was still beautiful nonetheless hiking through the Cascade Canyon. The one tip that I do have in this portion of the trail was that we did see all some people coming from the Cascade Canyon Trail. We asked them, were you able to make it to the end? Because we were worried about snow. And every person we came across was not able to make it to the end. They said that they did stop and turn around at some point due to the amount of snow. So if you are going to take this trip and go at the end of May or early June, just beware snow is going to be on the trail. Crampons might be good to pack for that. And there was a portion where we kind of got slightly lost because we were supposed to follow a creek and we saw a small creek and we were trying to follow that well that creek was just made by the snowmelt wasn't the true creek yeah i mean we only found out that we were continuing correct on the trail because there was a sign that said cascade canyon still this way so that little creek runoff ran through the trail that we're supposed to go through there was actually snow what was interesting about this is that some points you could definitely see where the trail was then there was snow then there was no snow then there was snow again so the further along you went and you know from inspiration point it's maybe about another two and a half three miles before it ends and you have to turn back so we made it about two-thirds of the way before it got too snowy because we didn't have crampons so you know definitely do keep that in mind you may want the crampons but nonetheless still really beautiful to see And I just want to underscore how afraid of bears Jamal was because it was in this back. Mindful. I told you earlier, I had to jump in front of them if that was the case. It it was in this back country area of the trail where we got hungry and we wanted to have our wraps. And Jamal's like, here, you want to have lunch here? And he's like, okay, I'm going to look this way. You look that way. And everyone keep an eye out for bears while we eat our sandwiches. We weren't I'm even just like worried about your safety, ladies. I don't know why you're judging me for that area at that point. It was a big we, opening. It was a big opening with a whole bunch of rocks. And I was like, this is the perfect place to have lunch. And uh, I was like, big opening by a creek where they like to be. And we were at a flat area 
buy rocks where they like to chill. Like, I don't know how you ladies don't understand that. You know, that you're throwing shade at me. I was worried about your protection. <laughs> so that we did a lot of stuff in this backcountry area because this was also the place where Brittany was inspired to climb a log and moon the camera. Get some beautiful full moon shots. <laughs> Why not? You know, I had a vision like Kim did. The nature just took over me. <laughs> right. So took over. I just had to find this log that looked like it needed to be stood on with my pants down. And and then the urge took over Charlotte and I, and we just climbed that log. And as the squad photographer, I was fortunate enough to be the one to take the photo. So I don't know what more to say than that. But the ladies were inspired by the the Tetons, if you will. We sure were. So we probably made it, how many miles would you say we made it from the trailhead to into Cascade Canyon? Like one to two. You mean from Inspiration Point? From Inspiration Point, yes. Okay, so I want to say we probably did how many miles that day? Probably about 10 miles round trip that day. So we had a long day of hiking. We turned back around after kind of hitting the the farthest we wanted to go in Cascade Canyon and headed back to the parking lot. It was a great hike. And so we decided that that was kind of going to be the it of our hiking adventures for the day. Headed back to Jackson and we got ready to go out on the town. Well, I have a question now and I need to know. We were debating this on the trip. Is it Jackson? Is it Jackson Hole? Or is it both? So I didn't know when we were there because I feel like that term was interchangeable. And I did research after we got back home and I found out the answer. Jackson is the name of the city just south of Grand Teton National Park. Jackson Hole is the name of the geographical area. And it was given by the fur and like beaver trappers back in the day of the late 17, 1800s that were in the area for all the furs and wildlife, etc. Apparently, hole is a term for like a valley or meadow between like two mountain ranges. So as we know, the Tetons is one range. And then we saw that there's just the big, huge valley. And then off to the side, that's not part of the national park. We saw off on the distance that there was other mountains. So hole is the name, what they give of like the valley. So Jackson Hole is the region, but the city itself apparently is only Jackson. So where did we go after we went back to town, Kim? Million Dollar Cowboy Bar. Yeehaw! This one had Kim's name all over it. She was super excited for this one. (laughs) So the draw of this place is that the bar stools are saddles. Like you're riding a horse at the bar. Looks really cute. Isn't that comfortable? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised to hear you say that. The comfort factor didn't stop you ladies from trying to take photos, though. Oh, I got some good photos. You guys got some good photos. You know, when you were in there, it definitely felt like, you know, I was even saying this to the ladies when we were sitting at the table, like having a drink, because we only went here for the photo opportunity for the ladies to ride the saddles, number one, at the bar. (laughs) And when we were there, I was like, you know what? I can't tell if, if I was here without really knowing what I know, like, hey, I'm in the middle of nowhere and this is like a cowboy bar or is this just like really themed to be of the area you know like is it just designed to be like this but it was definitely had a little rugged feel in there i liked it it was quaint it felt like small town rugged america and i really dug it in there well we didn't just go for the saddles in the picture this was our night out on the town we were going out for drinks well we went out for drinks we got ice cream later this was like (laughs) pre-food like this was our night out on the town no doubt but uh you know i know how much of Instagram whores you ladies are, you know, so the saddle was part of it. You guys know how I knew about this place? How? The recommendation was given to me by my dad's girlfriend who went to this bar. Oh, good choice. <laughs> good choice. I think it might be like the only official bar bar in Jacksonville. In the area. Hole. 
So after we got a drink, we got one drink here and then we headed over to Roadhouse Brewery, which is literally just a block away. Guess what it had, Zaina? Beer. Guess what else it had? Wraps. A rooftop bar. I would wait. I don't know why I wasn't going in that direction. I would wager to say. Probably the only rooftop bar in Jackson, Wyoming. And really, oh it was gosh. more like a, a large balcony was outdoors on the second story. Outdoor but drinking was it area. Lit? Oh, it was lit AF. <laughs> well, it's cool because, you know, the bar or the balcony itself, rooftop bar, whatever you want to call it, overlooks a central park in the city center of Jackson. So you're really at the heart of things at this area when you're at Roadhouse Brewery. So it's cool in that respect. And again, if you're a rooftop bar person, I mean, we were only uh, two stories up, but nonetheless, only rooftop bar you're probably going to come across Living in Jackson. Living our best lives. Oh, not only are we rooftop bar people, we are a rooftop bar podcast. Yes, we are. Hell yeah. I do want to mention that park that it overlooks, though. It's a really cute one block by one block park, but each entrance to the park has a whole bunch of antlers designed to be arches at each of the entryways that you can walk through. It's very scenic, and apparently the antlers are collected by people each year because the elks in the area like shed them and so they're the collected now used as like an art piece interesting so they were real <laughs> like i said rugged america it was cool out there in jackson so we just stopped in to roadhouse brewery for another beer before heading over to big hole barbecue big hole not fourth hole big hole <laughs> fourth hole where's that coming from fourth hole's an Armpit. inside joke i don't know if uh, we should get into it on the okay. podcast but inside joke that we were having on there big hole barbecue so good and let me tell you something you know i wouldn't expect anything less from the area in which we were in but wow was that really good barbecue so good and affordable not only affordable you and charlotte were able to split a combo plate and jamal and i were able to split a combo plate so super affordable they had white claw yeah you could actually buy white claw by the can in there like this is a restaurant it's not like you're at a bar and like oh toss me up a white claw which i still haven't seen but they're selling white claws by the can out there the ribs were so good fall off the bone the mac and cheese was so good bomb and they had a caesar salad caesar salad was so good everything was so good this is making me so hungry right now you know like i said if you're gonna go to jackson clearly you're gonna go to grand teton but even though jackson is small i really enjoyed my time in jackson what a quaint cool little american city i loved it Mm -hmm. good food too good scene everything and the combo plate you could choose two different meats and then two different sides so kim and charlotte both got ribs ribs mac mac and jamal and i got ribs and brisket and then we got beans and mac right babe it it was beans or i thought we got a caesar did we add that as a side i don't remember because obviously we were a few drinks deep we went to cowboy bar we went to the brewery so you know white claw by the can yeah it's a little hazy at this point (laughs) (laughs) point being it was so good and I actually got the recommendation from the hotel receptionist and our service was top-notch our server was so sweet super friendly talkative it was great I really liked her a lot yeah Mm -hmm. okay so after big hole barbecue what next 
We just called it a night. Well, actually, we got Moose ice cream. Did you forget about the ice Whoa, cream? Whoa, Brittany, how oh. many drinks I, deep were you? I, you know, <laughs> so I saw many this, drinks deep. Saw it on the show notes, and I'm just like, what I love more than anything after I'm a few drinks deep is ice cream. We wanted yeah. to support a local business. We wanted to support a local business, and not only that, we ate the ice cream in that little quaint park that we talked about. And let me tell you something. Moose ice cream was good, but I would have gotten something different. They didn't have any additives or preservatives. It was healthier ice cream. There was a Dairy Queen down the road, and I'm not (laughs) trying to like throw moose under the table. I love supporting local businesses. I love things that aren't chains necessarily. Was it good? Absolutely. Could I have done a DQ blizzard? For sure. But eating it in the park on a park bench was yeah was, absolutely was a really good way to end the evening in Jackson Hole. Yeah, because we were in the heart of the city. Wait, didn't we play cards that night in the hotel room? We did play Cards Against Humanity that night. Yeah. I mean, we had a few drinks and we had the adult slushies. We got those adult slushies too oh. again, and so we had that before we went out on the town. So absolutely, <laughs> it was a wild night in Jackson. So Monday, we were getting ready to leave Grand Teton National Park. And so we just went out for some local coffee at Cowboy Coffee. They had a coffee that was supposed to taste like a Snickers. It was a Snickers latte. latte. Yeah. It was really good. It was definitely pretty good. And it was nice to have legitimate coffee other than the coffee in the hotel room. Not that it was necessarily bad, but, you know, hotel room coffee, regardless, it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the same. They do have a Starbucks in Jackson, but again... I like to support local businesses, wanted to go here. The Snickers latte sold me, so we checked it out, and I definitely recommend you guys too. And the breakfast and lunch on their menu also looked really, really good. We didn't eat it, it but everything I saw looked really good. And so for like the past two days, we had done a lot of hiking. Kim was hiked out. You know, she's over 30 now. <laughs> so I had a lot of hike left in me. <laughs> so on this last day, we decided to just go to a whole bunch of overlooks, some very scenic overlooks. My favorite one was called Schwabacher's Landing. Say that? I still don't even know how to spell it. We'll, Schwabacher's. We'll put it in the show notes. We're saying Schwabacher's. Could be something different. It's a little funky. You'll see it in the show notes, but definitely worth checking out. So I actually had read that this landing was closed due to snow and I was like you know what guys we've seen so many things saying like they're closed due to snow let's go check it out anyways so glad that we did because this landing takes you right to the shores of the majestic snake river and it just has beautiful views of the Tetons and there was like a beaver dam and you could see the reflection of the Grand Tetons coming off of the water it was so nice so I just want to say real quick this is another instance where some of the national park websites leave us astray. Like Brittany said, they said the road to this was closed off of the main highway. It was open, just like they say it's so many miles on a hike and sometimes they seem to be longer. So when you're there, definitely check it out yourself. But why we did this on the last day is this was one of the most north things and we were going north to Yellowstone. So we were leaving Grand Tetons that day on the main highway going to Yellowstone. So this is along the way and that's why we did it in this order. But I really loved seeing the scenic view and the beaver dams. The, even though we didn't see, get to see the beavers, we saw the dams themselves and it's pretty cool. It's just yeah. think like they chuck this wood, eat it, build a little hut or dam, whatever you want to call it. It's awesome. Yeah, so I really liked that overlook. What'd you think, Kim? 
I really liked it. And I also think that having this point and other points along the way breaks up the drive and doesn't make it so boring and long. And so I totally recommend doing this. And then the other thing I want to mention as a squad tip, whether you're in a national park or anywhere in traveling, if there's something in your plans that you want to do, but you're hearing that it's closed or you can't do it or this or that, just make that little effort to go check it out for yourself. Because a lot of times you do find that there is a way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So we went to Schwabacher's Landing. Schwabacher's? We went to Schwabacher's Landing. And then as we were driving north to Yellowstone, we also went to Snake River Overlook and Oxbow Bend, which were also supposed to be iconic scenic shots in the park as well. But the highlight of Grand Tetons National Park on the last day. Potentially the highlight of our trip. Potentially. Real potential. Probably was. Was seeing two grizzly bears along the side of the road. Amazing. What were they doing? So they were feeding. So this was really exciting. We're like, one, knowing what I told you earlier about the bear attacks that had just happened before, I did not think that we wasted money on the bear spray. Still highly recommend everybody get the bear spray. But we're like, oh, we didn't come across any bears. And so again, we're working our way towards Yellowstone National Park. And while we're still in Grand Teton, there starts to become this traffic jam. We're like, why is there a traffic jam? Like, anytime you see people or big traffic, like perk up. Yeah, because there's probably wildlife, <laughs> at which point there was. And not only that, we were thinking, why is there traffic? Like, this is like a little bit after COVID. No one's really here. Why is there traffic? Everybody was stopping to watch two juvenile grizzlies just grazing on some grass, trying to dig up some roots and stuff like that. And it was really, really cool. We got so lucky. There happened to be a park ranger there and he was directing traffic to be slow. Anyone who wanted to get out of the car had to step to the opposite side of the road. But luckily we found an open spot on the side of the road with the bears where no one was parked and we swooped right in and were able to watch them for a little bit. How far would you say they were from our car? They were no more than 10, 15 feet. Yeah, I was going to say there was one close like that, that at one point I was like, oh my gosh, they're getting too close. And then there was another one a little bit farther away and they kept, you know, pacing around and digging in the ground and stuff. Yeah, so we got to watch two bears and I was waiting to see where Mama Bear was because quite honestly, going to Grand Teton and on our way to Yellowstone, I did my bear research, got a little bit of information about bears and obviously they are solitary creatures. So when you see them together, they're still either like babies or juveniles with their mama. And so there was two together and usually they wouldn't be that close together unless they were babies or juveniles. These ones were larger. They were bigger than babies. They looked like they were juveniles, two, three years old, probably the last year with their mom. So I was thinking like, where's the big one? You know, like they were still big, no doubt, but definitely not as big where's as mama. Yeah. Where's mama that we didn't get to see her, unfortunately. But the fact that there was two close together being really pleasant with each other led me to believe like, oh yeah, these are juveniles like in their last year together. Definitely a huge highlight of this portion of the trip. So the last thing that I'm going to say is, like we said earlier, we are splitting up this podcast with Grand Tetons in one and then Yellowstone in the other. But if you're in the same area, you might as well do the trip all together. So make sure to add Yellowstone on to the Grand Teton trip. I just want to say one last thing, at least for me, that we touched about getting the bear spray. Want to throw out again, essential. But one thing too that you will see if you read about like bear safety where you're in these parks is you want to be in groups of at least two or more, number one. And you always want to talk and make noise because what most attacks happen if you're going to be attacked by a bear, whether it be a grizzly, whether it be a black bear, is you actually 
surprise them where they don't hear you. So then they feel like you are a threat to them because you surprise them like you're preying on them. So we always made a point to talk, to clap, to kind of shout every little, yeah, every little increment of the hike that we did so that we didn't surprise one of them. So beyond having the bear spray, do keep that in mind. You want to make noise as you're hiking so you don't shock and scare a bear along the trail. Some people even had bells tied to like their backpack or their outfits. So it would be jingling as they're walking. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point. Yeah. It worked for the grizzly bears and it also works for other animals. We did come across a moose and her baby calf. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so cute. It was so cute, they but were down. they were laying down, but we were kind of timid to go across their path because mamas are protective, but at least they hear their, the bells coming and they, they know that we're, we're walking into that area. And if you do see an animal, on the trail don't try to go right past them try to go far around them because you don't want to get too close and potentially get injured you guys have any other tips not that i could think of other than go to grand teton honestly one of the most scenic national parks i've ever been to I highly recommend, yeah. I would tell people, I'm going to Wyoming. And they're like, why? And like, Grand Teton. Because they just don't know what's up, Kim. You know what? We know what's up. And now we're sharing and spilling the beans with everybody. That's what's up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. Please keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram, YouTube, at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in all of your adventures and send us in your questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too and tell every single person that you know. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast. We love those five-star reviews and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And stay tuned for next week's episode. We are taking you to surprise Yellowstone National Park. What, what? Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.